everybody, welcome and welcome back to BB Anime. Just as Brad hit the record button, I noticed what his um, name for this week is, and I just looked at mine, and it's very funny for the uh, conversation that we had been having prior to recording <laughs> on Discord. <laughs> oh, so this is a um. Yeah, you see, I was going to ask about yours. Uh, mine needs no introduction whatsoever, but yeah. <laughs> yours, on the other hand, I'm I'm very confused as to why split knuckles is a thing. <laughs> it's because I'm going to fight you. No, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I had to wear a blue glove today at work because I split one of my knuckles, and so I was a blue glove day. Oh, ew, gross. Yeah, food industry stuff. So, yeah, it's been my, like, I had pruny fingers all day because... They have no ventilation. I know why they don't have ventilation, but also they don't have ventilation. They just sweat. <laughs> it's awful, especially because like you're touching a metal pitcher to get it to a, an appropriate drinkable temperature for a hot coffee. So of course your hand's going to be sweaty, like even more so than normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a thing. I was I was a blue glove day. Yeah. Yeah. My knuckle's doing all right, though. I grazed it yesterday, and then today I used too much sanitizer, and it, like, split open the graze. Oh, so just dried it out and was like, nope, you're split now. Yeah, so it turned from a graze to a split. Well, that's no fun whatsoever. Nope. Nope, but tis my life, because constantly having to wash your hands. And then just tis my life in general because it is pure chaos at the moment. Yes. Uh, it's fine. Uh, Everything's fine. We got audited at work this week. Oh, fun. We're getting audited. We're getting audited next week. Oh. Twinsies. The, yeah, twinsies. Oh, my God. It's like we're besties or something. It's, it's like we're besties. Wow. Who wow. Yeah, we we killed our audit, which is great. Yay, good on you. Yeah, the auditor told us it's the highest score he's given out this year <gasps> and last year. Yay! So, we do it. We killed it. Nice. So, um, that promotion is going to be coming soon? Uh, well, one is, well, supposed to happen after our hiring lockdown decides to uh, mm. fuck off. Right. But then the big promotion is set to happen uh, end of September, start of October, something like that. Should I make it that long? <laughs> Should you not go, fuck this shit, I'm out? No, no, not from a work perspective, just on an everything perspective. Well, no, you're not allowed to do that. No, no, no. Uh, listen, okay, I'm I'm dealing with kidney stones. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I Everything hurts. <laughs> I see your point with the kidney stones, <laughs> but um, also, no. I, 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 you, I know, you're... I know, everything's fine. Just, but everything's not fine too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not putting myself through going to a street corner every day for years and years and years trying to bring back your ghost to life. It's not happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. We Funny both know you should I, admit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we both know I don't have the attention span for that, so. Neither of us do. No. But funny you should mention that, because mm. um, <clears throat> one of us is definitely right, and one of us is definitely wrong. I'm right. Uh, according to the names, I'm right. <laughs> according to the reviews, I'm right. Uh, No. 
no, according comment section, to comment no. section on Crunchyroll, I'm right. Uh, you see, that is all based entirely upon um, which one you watched last. So therefore, I know I'm right based on the comment section. Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, ab- not. <laughs> so no. to those that are uninformed as to what the hell we're talking about, and you missed the end of last week's episode where I had to explain it. So two films were released simultaneously on Crunchyroll. You have, oh, fuck, where to go? Uh, again, life has become chaotic, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You have, to <clears> me, <throat> the one who loved you, and to every you I've loved before. Uh, you see, you got those the improper way around. <laughs> I got them the correct way around. Thank you very much. No, you are very wrong. But anyway, no. so they released <clears throat> at the exact same time the novels released on the exact same day on june 23rd of 2016 and surprisingly enough and here's what kind of caught me off guard i didn't realize they were made by separate studios i no i i that makes sense to me though i i noticed one inconsistency that i thought might have just been a coincidence however yeah yeah i'm this is definitely visual differences yeah, I mean it's very slight, mm. but we'll uh we'll get into it because it it's very strange. Mm. But yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah, we had to we had to share life updates first because you know, yes, life updates, life updates, or vanity as you like to put it, depending on you know. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Look, people come for the bullshitting and stay for the anime. We we know why everyone is here. And it's not the constant bullshitting about dicks either. Although it probably is at this point. I feel like it's the number one word in both of our vocabulary. Uh, at least for the podcast, anyway. That I. <laughs> you mean you don't talk about dicks at work constantly? I don't. The people around me <laughs> do. Uh, and I'm the one just going... Don't call HR. Don't call HR. Everything's fine. Just don't call HR. Yeah. Or as my old jobs, uh, HR poster likes to put it, it's okay till it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had a, oh, what's happened this week? Um, Oh, tell you what was really annoying this week. Okay. I got a message from my landlord at like, 7 30 p.m on my second day off so i had two days off in a row and mm-hmm. i think it was like tuesday tuesday wednesday i had off on wednesday i'd gone out to dinner with um a former co-worker and a current co-worker um and we were their roommates so we were just having a good catch-up and i'm out to dinner with them and i get this text now i'm opening the next day so i like i i have to be at work for like six and um and it says, uh, hey, we're entering all units tomorrow because the insurance wants to do an inspection. And I was like, first of all, that's not proper 24-hour notice. Because they were doing the um, inspection between like 11 a.m. and 1. And I'm like, it's 7 p.m. That's not a full 24 hours. Thank you very much. But second of all, I have to be leaving for work at stupid o'clock in the morning and i'm not gonna get home until like 9 p.m i don't have time to clean anything so i'm like i got laundry out 
I have dishes. Like I didn't do anywhere near enough cleaning that I should have done on my day off. Um, and because I wasn't expecting company and there's like, there's like company clean and like what you live in as a daily life clean. Yeah. And I was not expecting it. So I had to get up like an hour earlier than I was going to, to before I went to work to like rush clean my apartment, but to try and do so without waking up my neighbors. <laughs> it was it was horrible. I don't recommend. Yeah, I'm glad I'm leaving this apartment when I go back home for my surgery. Oh? Yeah, I won't be coming back here. Um, my it's, it's a year and then month to month, but in July, they're increasing my rent. Oh, you gross. Yeah, I know. So I was like, well, it's good timing because I'm leaving in July anyways. So, so do we have an official date for the surgery now? There's still no official date, but I will be having it sometime between mid to late July and early to mid August. Oh. Um, they need to do some reevaluations on my wrist because it has been an entire year since I had my MRI and um, I have put it to two semesters of art school and uh, nearly a year of being a barista. So um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, your, your wrist is probably extra fucked. Like it was fucked before, but now it's like, yeah. So they're going to do another MRI and I may have to have like some strengthening physio beforehand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but I, I'm going to be heading back to Alberta regardless around that time. And then I'm like, I'm going to be home for multiple months while I'm in recovery and physio. So there's no point in me paying for an apartment I'm not living in. Mm-hmm. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Get to get rid of this, go back home for a while and then hang out there. And then, yeah. Neat. See what happens next. More life updates. Yeah. So what about you? Mm, nothing really. I mean, like I said, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with, and that's about it. I'm very tired. Do you know how you got kidney stones? Uh, Probably from not drinking enough water, even though mm. I drink a lot of water. Probably consuming way too much caffeine. Mm. So if I had to take a guess, probably the too much caffeine part. Yeah, I heard that like eating a shit ton of nuts can get you kidney stones. Don't know if that's true, but I heard it. Mm. <clears throat> you see, I really don't eat nuts that often. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Clipping that, <laughs> but um, but no, it's. <laughs> 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 but no, like I, I'm a huge fan of cashews. Mm. But I, again, like, I very rarely consume them, one, because cashews are expensive as hell. Mm. But two, it's just, eh, it's just not really my thing. So I figure it's probably the, could also be the drastic increase in exercise that I've been having, too, because I kind of went from nothing to a lot all of a sudden. Mm. So between that, um, copious amounts of caffeine and just general body stress, um, kind of kind of not good so i'm trying to rectify all that and make it better yeah so uh, i think i'm gonna water fast for a couple days try to clean out my system well you know what i'll recommend tea (laughs) specifically dandelion tea you see everybody's been recommending me alcohol and i'm like oh you guys are so sweet i can't do that (laughs) i'm gonna die yeah no dandelion tea Dandelions are a diuretic. They're good at like making you need to pee lots. Mm. 
and it's a dandelions are caffeine free so it's a herbal tea which according to my mom's cancer doctor counts as water interesting yeah that was what he said to her he said you need to drink i can't remember how many several uh, however many fill in number here blanks of cups of water for every day or if you must drink tea like you really want tea um herbal tea counts but you can't have caffeine tea so. See, I know like green tea is good for that type of stuff too. Yeah. I would have to I would have to go out and buy it and that's too much walking that I want to well, do right now. Dandelions, you can go out to the back garden and pick some, boil them, drink it. Ew. I'm good. <laughs> that's, that's just foraging, dude. Do I look like an individual who forages? You do when you're dressed up for D and D. I look like a lumberjack, not a forager. Um, lumberjacks forage. I live in Canada. I would know. Mm, press X to doubt. No. Major doubt. <laughs> not sergeant doubt. Ha. Ha 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 No captain <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Lieutenant doubt. General doubt. Major doubt. No, no, that was what we started with originally. <laughs> that, that, that's literally where it became. <laughs> where it started. It's because I thought Sergeant Major, and then I was like, oh no, we've already had Sergeant, so I need to switch it up. So I just went with Major, and then I was like, oh no, <laughs> we've done that one too. <laughs> Sergeant Major would have been fine. Yeah, that, that would have been acceptable. I would have accepted that. <laughs> oh. But yeah, speaking of D and D. B and B D and D. Yeah, yeah, B and B D and D. I have not have fulfilled, fulfilled obligation because I'm bad, but I will text Jen literally right now. Cool. D and D question mark. There we go. That's it. <laughs> She's gonna be so I, confused. I'll explain that. <laughs> I've got a I've got a couple other people in mind just in case they aren't able. Okay. Yeah, I meant to talk about that before we got into this, and then you know we we got off on other topics. <laughs> as usual, as as per usual, we do most of our bullshitting before we start to record this, and then we just bullshit about other stuff. Yeah, honestly, you guys, if you could hear the conversations we had before we start recording, you would whatever level of deranged you think we are currently, you would at least double it. Uh, I feel like at least doubling is still underselling it. I yeah, at Most least likely. doubling is very minimal. Yeah. So shall we? <coughs> shall we get into our topics for the day? Okay. Not to not to have a very awkward segue or anything. Because <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I am a <laughs> professional podcast presenter. <laughs> so. So, shall we discuss uh, the topic for uh, to, uh, for this, uh, for, uh, and go. Greetings, human. We are here to discuss to every you I've loved before and to me, the one who loved you. How was that? Reverse that. Reverse it. It's to me, the one who loved you. And you to every year loved who won the me too before loved I you every two. Reversed. See, I'm so disappointed in you. Why are you disappointed in me? 
because you took me so literally and now now we just i don't know <laughs> you messed with my feelings i messed with your feelings yeah i didn't even know what we were getting into speaking of not knowing what we were getting into these movies <laughs> generally had no idea what we were getting ourselves into no no when uh what yeah i'm sitting there in a discord call with a bunch of friends and i just start fucking crying oh my god yeah okay yeah (laughs) yeah they didn't have to open that the one movie like that that's not fair none of this was fair no and again, I feel like the reason I could argue that I'm right is because the order in which I watch things, like the realizations as they hit, like I just cried harder and harder and harder as we went. No, but this is why I think that I watched them the right way, because I got a happy ending, whereas you only got the reflection of a happy ending. But you see, I got to see the growth that came from it. No, but I get, to, no, I got a happy ending. <laughs> But again, like, this is the differences between you and I, okay? I got... You got the the ending you wanted. Yeah, like, I... My personal preference of style of anime is I get growth. And I get, like, the full actualization of things. The way that I watched it gave me Bunny Girl flashbacks. And that, to me, was just like a groundbreaking phenomenon of i really like this it was depressing oh i cried okay i know what i got myself into with well i mean i had no clue what i was getting myself into with this before i watched it and then i fucking cried yeah i yeah i cried okay anyway let's get into it (laughs) Yeah, so the novels were written by Yomoji Otono, and Mm. as previously stated, they released June 23rd of 2016. The anime films, to every you I've loved it before, was directed by Jun Matsumoto, and Mm. was done by Studio Bakken Record, and to me, The One Who Loved You was directed by Kenichi Kasai, and was done by TMS Entertainment. They both released on October 7th of 2022. To Every You I've Loved Before had a runtime of 102 minutes. And To Me, The One Who Loved You had a runtime of 98 minutes. One thing that I find fascinating is the differences between the two studios. Because I've just opened um, the tabs on these two studios. And Back and Record has done six other things according to this of like yeah whereas tms entertainment has done some huge things like dr stone i mean especially from like a like recent perspective yeah i'm looking at the they did all out which is one of my one of my faves and i'm mad about the fact that there's not a second season but it looks like uh detective conan well so seems like um why did Bakken Record redirect to Tatsunoko Production? Oh. That is very interesting. Ah, a production label for Tatsunoko Production. Ah, so that would explain the differences here. 
I was going to say, I looked at the Wikipedia page and I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot of shit that they've done. Yeah. So they're, they're, a, they're a sub company. Interesting. Okay. That, that makes more sense because I was so like, first of all, confused about why they would, something that they would know was going to be so prominent doing it relying on such a small studio to be able to do a direct head-to-head comparison with an already established studio Mm -hmm. but that makes more sense i'm also curious as to why they got two separate studios to do it i mean i realize the amount of time that it takes to make these things yeah but (laughs) i wonder yeah okay my theory i don't know this is any yeah my theory is that the minor the minor changes that are guaranteed to happen when you do them through two separate studios creates the foundational illusion like subconsciously of being in a parallel world which is what the premise of the films are is is flipping through parallel worlds mm-hmm. um and so doing them through two separate studios like fucks with you a little bit as a viewer especially if you watch them back to back but you don't know that they're two different studios or you're not super into anime or you like it's you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. just going to be that little thing of being like something's off like what is it yeah and i like think it's, that, yeah it's like we had talked about whenever we started this episode i before i looked at this i wouldn't have had an idea that it was done by two separate studios now looking at it that explains like all the differences that mm-hmm. i saw like that mm-hmm. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Agreed. But before that, I was just like, oh, okay. Like parallel worlds. Like they're, and like the theories that they're producing on, like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Some of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I I did get a little bit lost in some of the science sometimes. I mean, I, I technically didn't because they made it. I mean, to me, I was like, okay, this makes sense. I mean, it doesn't because I don't understand fucking physics. Yeah. But I I was picking up what they were laying down. Yeah, you get the gist of it. They they do have some pretty good parallels, but like, I don't feel like if somebody asked me to explain the film, I couldn't properly explain how the science w- worked. No, yeah. the most I could be like is like, okay. You've got time travel and you've got world or like parallel world jumping. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do use some really good examples in there that are consistent throughout the film, but like it, it's not. And I, I think another thing that trips me up, we're kind of getting into like description about it where we're still should be doing a background, but um, what they, they talk about. So the idea is that it's not your physical form that's moving. It's just your consciousness, which I think is how, like most of us interpret it anyway that feels pretty on track but you're they call it like imaginary or like it's like it's it's the way that it i don't know if it's just that there isn't an apt english word for a direct translation but when they talk about it as being like imaginary that's not the like it's not what i come up with myself it like i don't know there's like different connotations to me what do you think? I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't it made know. A, yeah. It took it out of science to me and put it more into like playing, I guess. 
Well, I mean, so it's one of those things to where, like, these are obviously, like, very real things that people have discussed at some point or another. It's just not, oh, yeah. like, it's all theory-based. Like, it's not something that you can prove. Yeah. Although there are, like, instances of, like, glitches in the Matrix and shit like that happening. For sure, yeah. But it's just, it's so rare and unprovable that it seems purely like fiction and not science. Yeah. And yeah, I uh, one thing that I did find fascinating about this is that when they say that, um, so they use examples of like you slipping into a parallel universe on a daily basis. Basically, the way they say it is that if we are in our universe right now, we are the number zero. If we become, if we slip into parallel universe one, it's just something very minor that's changed. If we slip into parallel universe number two, it's maybe something a little bit bigger. And the further number away that you get from the number zero, which is you, the bigger the difference between your original world, right? So one thing that I found fascinating and I made me think about was um, that they said that it might be something like you set something down and then you turn around and you go off to do something and then you come back and it's not where you left it and then you start looking for it and you can't find it and then you eventually get back to the original place and it's there again and that's when you've gone from zero to one back to zero again and I'm like and then they start talking about how certain people have more of a um, aptitude for moving parallel worlds I don't know if this is spoilers I don't feel like it's spoilers but do you feel like it's spoilers I mean it's one of those things to where like it's if we, whenever we get to the general like description, we're gonna cover that anyway. Yeah. So I I don't feel like it's major spoilers. No, um, but they were saying that certain people have more aptitude for it. So I was giggling about the fact that that must mean that people with ADHD are really apt because we forget things all the time. That explains it. We're shifting and we don't know it. I know. That's what I was going to say. It's like, we don't actually have ADHD. We're just really good at slipping into parallel universes. Or it's like the whole thing, you know, whenever you open the fridge and you don't see something that you like, then you close it and open it back up again. And then you see something you want. I think that's that's just because you've lowered your standards, but sure. I don't know how to lower my standards. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just hungry. I want food. (laughs) My brain just went, shout out to the hex. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was Uh, was petty. There are times whenever I wish we did video recordings with these. (laughs) Because that, (laughs) the look, just the whole like wheels turning and everything in my brain. It was one of those moments of like, should I say it? No, I shouldn't say it. No, should I say it? No, I shouldn't say it. Ah, too late. I've already said it. <laughs> Look, we don't pull punches here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to lower my standards. Shut up to the X. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that one. <laughs> Oh, maybe it's because I set the standards too low for that one. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's okay, Mike Tyson. You know who you are. (laughs) Oh, God. The asshole neighbors are going to listen to this and be like, no, he didn't. 
yeah, yeah, I fucking did. Oh boy. Oh, it's fine. Everything's oh, fine. <laughs> okay. Um, let me finish up this background because we went on a whole different thing. Um, oh yeah, you have your background bits to I, do. I do. So for to me, the one who loved you, which is the one that I watched first, it scores a seven point three seven out of ten. It is or a um three point seven four out of five, which is a seven point four eight out of ten. Um, I didn't do the average, but an average of about seven point three two off the top of my head. Close enough. Um, and then. Uh, it also has a drop rate of 1.37%, which for a film is standard. But what is interesting is when you compare it to the other film, which is uh, To Every You I Loved Before, scored a 7.44 out of 10, which is higher than the first one, or a 3.81 out of 5, which is a 7.62 out of 10, which is also higher than the other one. However... It also has a higher drop rate, scoring a 1.77%, which is quite a significant difference in a drop rate for a film. And I think I know why. Because when I was on Crunchyroll and I was I had finished watching the second film, which is um To Ever You I've Loved Before, and I scrolled down in the comments, there was a lot of people saying, watch um the other one first watch the other one first um and then a lot of other people saying i'm so confused and i i wonder if that's because if you don't because the other film is based so much more around the science than this film is this film's explanations don't go into as intense detail and then at the very and when there's a wrap-up moment, it feels just like big question marks. And then you have to watch the second film to figure it out. Whereas if you watch the other film first, you get an overload of an explanation about science to the point where my brain was like, this is enough. You get less um, like social aspects to it. There's there's less of the the human element but you get um you still get like a a ending moment but the conclusion to that story feels more like I feel like you could watch that film on its own and have a fairly satisfying ending not a happy ending or even a sad ending just like an ending I don't necessarily think that you could watch to every you I've loved before and not and not watch the second one. I feel like you would if you just watched that film as a standalone. I feel like you would be confused. How do you, you feel see, having watched that one first? I can honestly say with to every you I've loved before. If that is all that I watched, I would have been fine. Yeah, because again, it's like you said, like you get a happy ending mm. <clears throat> to the story, mm. but the. And this is probably just my preference on things again, but with to me the one who loved you and its overarching concept and what they were trying to achieve storyline wise, mm. it doesn't suit reality as much. Mm. 
So I like a lot of the explanation that they gave and like seeing the opposite side to everything because kind of having an idea of the concept of the films going into this, I had an idea of like how the second one was going to go. And then yeah, seeing the yeah. wrap up at the end of to every you I've loved before, I'm like, okay, so I was right. Now I just want like an explanation as to why I was right. Like I saw everything I wanted to see and I got the happy ending, but I'm like, okay, I genuinely want to see the other side of things because I am like, I'm just a curious human being. I want to learn like what happened on the other side. Whereas yeah. to me, the one who loved you, I, I don't think I would have had as much of an emotional attachment to the characters and the instances that happened in that film. Had I, agree. I not watched the first one. I agree. And when we get into spoilers, I, I'll go into why. But that was actually a thought process going through my mind um, that I, I've, I'm going to be very interested to speak with you about because there's certain emotions that I have attached to specific characters that I know you don't have, but I have them because of the order that I watched the films in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into that. But yes, so... Um, to every you I loved before, scored overall higher, but had a higher drop rate. And then to me, um, the one who loved you scored lower, but had a lower drop rate as well. So if you like a happy ending, if you like to leave something that has brought you emotions with a, like, a sweeter, satisfying conclusion, having gotten through all of the turmoil earlier on, watch it to me, the one who loved you, and then watch To Every You I Loved Before. However, if you like drama and character development to draw out, to be like a longer process, um, and you like to torture yourself, watch To Every You I Loved Before, and then To Me, the one who loved you second. Triggers for violence, um, hospital sickness, uh, childhood divorce, like parents' divorce, split homes, and just like, uh, oh, um, uh, does the dog die? I died. I heard that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, um, yeah, familial death just like ev like general triggers but those are specific um yeah okay uh okay spoiler chicken ads spoiler chicken ads put them on so we can get into it yeah um the thing that i want to talk to you about is uh -huh. um cousin a i hate her but i don't i hate her because i love shiori because i watched that film first you see, here's the thing. Yeah. Whenever she f appeared for that incredibly short amount of time in To Every You I've Loved Before, I was immediately intrigued by her. Yeah. However, and here's the thing that I feel like would have gotten me. Yeah. If I had watched to me, The One Who Loved You First. Yeah. I would have been incredibly stuck on an Anohana story. Yeah. And. That's what I. <laughs> yeah, like I literally would have been like, "Oh, this is just Anohana with physics." <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. But because <clears throat> with To Every You I've Loved Before, <clears throat> it fully established that grounds of parallel shifting between the realms and the universes to which I was like, okay, like this sets like a really good groundwork. Again, like I could see watching it either way. And I fully intend on, you know, at some point down the road, rewatching them just reversed with Walker mm. and Bree. Mm. Just to get their thoughts on it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I feel like on my side of things, I got a much more complete story that suits my taste. Yeah. And I got one that suits my taste. So I think we watch them in the right order for us. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I was very curious going through it. To where whenever I started the second film, I was like, you know, I wonder, like, if I fucked up the order in which I watched them. Yeah. But then whenever I finished through the second one, I'm like, no, okay, I watched this exactly how I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) You you go on. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, conveniently, I have two. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I I genuinely don't remember. Oh no, we're on the topic about how like we watched like what was best for us specifically. Yeah. Um. Uh, I yeah. I it's gone. It's really gone. <laughs> uh, look at us. We do it. Yeah, yeah, we're functioning humans. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I watched was interesting. So, okay, so I, as an adult watching this, understand that what, um, Shiori and Koyomi had Koyomi had as kids was just that it was a childhood bond also their parents can go like go fuck yourselves but aside from that um what they had was a, a really strong childhood bond they were clearly very reliant on each other for more than just um friendship but it seemed like from my perspective and I'm sure from yours as well but um, their parents were so wrapped up in what they were doing that these two kids were basically raising each other. Mm-hmm. And they were doing so, like, free range, you know? like they, There was nobody there to supervise them. And whenever somebody did supervise them, it was through the eyes of someone who was incredibly analytical and thinking of them as, like... As adults, but not just adults, as working professional scientists. And that was clearly very difficult on these two kids. So they find each other, they build a relationship, and then in one fell swoop, that relationship to them is being torn apart because they have developed such a level of comfort with each other. I don't even necessarily really describe it as like romantic love it's familial love that they have for each other that they see each other as the only source of comfort that they have so they just like the way they describe it of like of like i see myself marrying you one day they're 14 at this time 
and they're like, I see myself marrying you. To me, it never really came across as love in a romantic sense, even at like them being 14 years old. It felt like they just were so reliant on each other. They were so comfortable with each other when they weren't comfortable with anybody else that they couldn't imagine what their life could possibly look like without each other. And then when their parents, individual divorced parents, say that they are getting married, it causes such a rift in these kids that they feel like they have to run away, which then causes them to willingly travel to a parallel universe, which gets her stuck and develops the whole story, right? Um, That emotion traveled with me through into the second film, where I am so empathetic and pitying Koyomi. I'm like, he's just a sad little boy, even though he's a grown adult. And it's even described by Kazune later on as being like, she just saw him as a sad boy, even when he was like 60. Because he he doesn't know how to function without his safety blanket, which is Shuri, his childhood friend. And so I took that with me. I took that feeling. And Kazune seeming to, from my perspective almost be a little bit manipulative of him and I actually think that she was now in reflection still but now I know the reason for her manipulativeness like she was caring for him but and she knew so much more than he did like she'd experienced so many worlds by that point but for me it was like I was like who is this woman coming in here and trying to like 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 I don't know, like mess with him. Like I didn't know what she wanted. So then when I started the second film, I was like, like, I'm, am I going to see like Shiori? Like what's going on with Shiori? But I also knew that it was most likely going to be Kazune's story. And I was like, okay, this next film is going to be really sad. Cause I, I genuinely thought it might be from her perspective of like, um, her watching as, like he's like trying to find Shiori is or like maybe her being in a world where Shiori's there and and like her always being on the side that's what I thought it might be so I was like upset for her but I was also really like uneasy about her I didn't like her um because I was so like I was like you need to because Shiori's story is so sad that she's just stuck in this one place for years and years and years and can't leave and she's just waiting for him to come by every day and that's awful and so it was just kind of sad for everyone. So then watching it through to the end and having Shiori having had lived a full happy life herself and then Koyumi and Kazune having their own happiness and only with Kazune really remembering or knowing what happened it just like it's not really a happy ending it's more bittersweet but like it it gave me the closure that i felt that i needed through the story mm-hmm. so what about you what was your experience so for me <clears throat> i got to see a boy who lost or his parents divorced mm. he lost his grandfather shifted to where he had lost his dog instead and then had to like truly realize like how shifting worked through like two very different like traumatizing experiences in a way Mm. to be that young and have grown up with you know both it's just different bonds either way Mm. 
and then like see him like talk about how he grew up and because of how educated he was like being like shunned by everybody else around him mm. and then sought out by a person and like seeing that relationship grow and develop and like watching them grow old together figure out like the whole parallel shifting thing together and like live their entire lives growing together having kids grandkids that type of thing and then at the very end getting that glimpse of the young girl who we figure out to be shiori in the second film mm. and like seeing that interaction at the very end and then getting into to me the one who loved you and seeing the replaying of events which again like as i previously said like i really wanted just because i was fascinated by the whole concept of getting to see everything from the other side and i don't know if you got bunny girl vibes hardcore the way that you watched it but for me like that's kind of how it felt in a way watching oh, yeah, it through I the way that the i did yeah because i was like okay now i'm getting to see the other side and like seeing how the points diverged but like how they intersected which was a point that they brought up into every you i've loved before and like how all the different parallel worlds can still find a way to intersect mm. and whenever they talked about that in the first film like my brain just exploded i was mm -hmm. like oh that's such a cool concept mm. and yeah it's just one of those things to where like going through it and experiencing like all the different forms of loss yeah, And then seeing it from the second film, and as uh, Kazune had put it, like watching Kyomi go mad over his love or his, you know, infatuation with Shiori. I was like, mm. so this is literally like the differences of like just what, you know, one decision can make. Mm. And I feel like having watched to every you i've loved before first like it really drove home like the whole decision point mm. and like it really just made you think like what led everything to get to where it was and like how it all like kind of came back together yeah so it just felt like to me like i had the better ending because at the very end like you do see shiori and kill me like reunite in their own like spiritual version yeah whenever you see the two of them or you know where it blacks out to the two of them meeting as adults yeah and that whole like seeing that fully come full circle like seeing the younger like spiritual versions of them be like hey like let's be together now i was like oh my god like it wrapped it up so nicely so in the end like i did get my own uh version or mm. like my own happy ending but at the same time just i was absolutely fascinated by like the concepts that to every you i've loved before like put in my brain before going into the second one mm. and how kiyomi like dealt with the doubts of like which version of kazane he was actually dealing with yeah and yeah. then seeing how it kind of affected the second film like it's just oh, it's uh, it's such a fascinating film concept in general doing things this way. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I'm actually interested in your opinion on the fact that if we take into account where the story itself finishes, we have Koyomi going to meet with Shiori, where he meets with her physically as an elder, but his imaginary person, I don't know, his his consciousness, we'll say, his consciousness meets with Shiori as a um, spirit. They, I assume, go off together. But then Koyumi goes back home to Kazane and Shiori goes back home to her life as well, physically. So do they separate? Like, are they now and separate entities? So to me, like my overall perception of it is for all of the timelines where, or all the parallel worlds where Shiori was, you know, fissured from her body. Yeah. All of those timelines have been rectified. Mm. Whereas the, and it was rectified however you want to look at it by Kiyomi like doing what he did, like fissuring himself as well to where the two of them could be together from that sense. Yeah. To where, like, I feel like at the end of it, everybody got their happy ending watching it the way that I watched it. Yeah. So it's this interesting concept of the idea of there only being one consciousness and multiple bodies and through each parallel universe there's still only one consciousness that travels combined with the idea that every parallel universe has their own consciousness which i think is what they were getting at because then to me it's those two original consciousnesses from them from shiori and uh koyumi being children and being together have traveled with the consciousness is in the last universe, the last parallel universe. And then the original consciousnesses meet up and go their own way as spirits. But that world's consciousnesses stay and do their own separate shit. So there's now two of them in that world, but two of them are spirits, two of them are human. And then there's like no consciousness because they've both been stripped in the original world. Mm -hmm. Right. That's well, how it works. But it's also like depending on how you want to look at it, like which one is the original? Because in both of them, they, they are, are the original. Their own original. Yeah. And it's just it's incredibly and again, I hate to keep using the word fascinating, but it's just like where my brain is at. Like it's just such a you know huge fantasy, like fantastical, however you want to look at it, concept of how the worlds are so intertwined and mm. how you could believe which one is either or the real one and looking at it from a, I guess I don't want to use the term like enlightened perspective or anything, but I could see the one that you watched first, the, to me, the one who loved you being like the quote unquote original, mm. but also it kind of takes into effect of, but is it though, considering how everything else is played out? It's just, ah, it, it hurts my brain to try to think about. 
Yeah, it's well, it's the the idea that whichever film you watch first is the original world. And yet, at the same time, like I could see an argument either way. Yeah, like I can fully see just because of how like the two became linked, even in the to every you I've loved before, like just seeing that moment in the beginning where it's just like that little bit of a path cross mm. is like, ooh, what's happened here? Yeah, well, because I mean, like, I guess there are no original worlds because they're all running simultaneously. So, mm -hmm. like, it's just however you frame the original world in your mind, but in reality, like, even the ones we only got a blip in for a second are their own original world. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so... The next thing I wanted to speak about was the fact, was some tech stuff. I don't think that the sound mixing on, to me, the one who loved you was the best. And I'm curious about your perspective, because when I was watching it, I was watching them as children, and then I watched them grow up. And when they grow up to become 14-year-olds, they have a voice change, their voice actor changes. And it was very jarring to me. Um, I found it... It took me right out of the anime and it made me hyper-focus on the, the lip-syncing, the actual dubbing, and it felt real off. It was like some uncanny valley thing going on in my brain. I was like, this is bizarre. Um, I don't know whether or not the sound mixing slowly got better or if I just got used to it. And for the second film, I didn't notice it at all. So for Because the second film... I feel like we got a much more prolonged uh, time spent with Kiyomi in yeah. whoever you have loved before. And you had like such a prolonged time spent with each age. Yeah. To where everything just felt like it belonged to where going into, to me, the one who loved you, I didn't have that disconnect because everything. Like, Float, I yeah. knew what I was getting into with all the different voice changes with the yeah. first one. So I was like, okay. So everything yeah. I'm hearing, I'm just rehearing. So therefore, that never triggered my brain to be like, mm, something's wrong here. Yeah, for me, it felt very jarring. And I specifically think it's a disconnect between the voice actors and the animation style. Because the way that they draw the 14-year-olds, I actually really like. They draw them as skinny and weedy and awkward and gangly, which is very accurate, but not something we often see in anime. Like, like I was looking at his legs at one point, and I was like, dude, like, you're real skinny. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's fairly accurate because, like, I mean, I mean, not for everyone, but a lot of teens become real skinny and stretch up before they, like, find their bulk, you know? And, um... And so they, they looked like skinny, weedy kids, teens. But then they all of a sudden had these very deep, grown adult voices. And I think in my head, I was like, they should be in like voice crack stage, like like not quite there yet. Like that felt like, because you know how like everyone says, you have one voice change in your life when actually you have like six or something. Yeah. Um, And it felt like they were on like voice change four as opposed to voice change one mm -hmm. you know um so it was very jarring to me i think the voices fit when they were adults i don't necessarily think they fit entirely when they were 14 at least in in to me the one who loved you after having watched them as young kids and then it snaps and they're all of a sudden grown and it's a shocking voice change and it took me right out i was like whoa um it and also I, yeah i 
I wonder which one was voiced first mm. because they had the same voice actors across both films. So if I had to take a guess, I wonder if to me the one who loved you was the one that was initially voiced. Yeah. Because then going into to every you I've loved before, it seemed like uh Hio Miyazawa like I guess found his footing a little bit more because again it felt like a more gradual progression. Yeah. Like he, you know, took his voice up a few octaves for like the teenage years and then it just kind of progressed lower as it went. Yeah. So but again, like that's just kind of my thing. Now, I will say with To Every You I've Loved Before, the animation on the different ages felt a little jarring. Like him going from adult to dad. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like just how sunken his face became. And it like wasn't that much of a time shift. Mm. I felt like from where like they were getting married to they have a child. Like it did not feel like that much of a time skip. But the next yeah. time you see him, like his face is sunken in. I was like, damn, what happened to you? Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely saw it as like their kid was like like six, maybe. I wouldn't and even say six. I would say like probably four. Yeah, between four and six. Anime kids are hard to tell. Uh, but like, yeah, like definitely. Well, they said primary school, right? So be- between like around, yeah, four or five. Yeah, like I figured like kindergarten age. Like, from looking at the drawing and everything? Yeah. But that that's just my interpretation. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, let's say four or five. Um, they, I, I mean, I don't know how long it took for them to get pregnant, but, like, it felt like, you know, they get married, they have a kid pretty quickly, and progress through their life. So, like, seven years, maybe, after they get married, and then all of a sudden he's, like, 50? It was real strange. Yeah. Um... Another thing is I wasn't a huge fan of the noses, specifically when they're younger. They are a very, very small line when on front view. And the line was kind of faded at a lot of the times, so and there wasn't very much shading. And it made it, like, a lot of the times it didn't look like they had noses. And anime faces are strange anyways, but when you just do a line for mouth and big eyes and no nose, it was kind of weird looking. So I wasn't a fan of the noses specifically. I didn't notice that, but also I wasn't looking for that either. I wonder if I can find an image for you. (laughs) Because yeah, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, Oh, this looks real weird. Yeah. I, I had no issues with anything whenever it came to, animation now the biggest thing i ran into that kind of threw me for a loop was seeing the hair color changes between the characters that i did i got real confused i was like wait is this shiori like what because like that was very strange yeah like it it caught me by complete surprise Mm. and i was like um but then, like, re- now, again, realizing that two different studios did it, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, it was just a color palette difference. Yeah. Also, fun fact, in To Every You I've Loved Before, if you see all the shots that have mirrors, whenever you see the reflections of the hair colors, it's actually a shade or two darker. Yeah. That I did notice. 
But that's just, you know, me being picky with color because of my job. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm used to that. That that did not even remotely stand out to me because I'm used to seeing shit like that. I think I've clocked what's throwing me off. The eyes are far further apart. They do seem a little wide set. Yeah. So the eyes are further apart, and I think the nose may be a little bit further down even. Like, if that's the nose point, yeah, 100% see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's just making the face really wide. And I think because if, as far as I'm aware, like, for Japanese beauty standards, having a small face is very, like, sought after. So that's how most characters, I believe, are drawn. And so seeing a character with, like, wide set eyes and a lower nose, which is literally a dot, um, felt odd to me and i wasn't quite sure what it is but looking at this picture i think it's that the eyes are slightly further apart and the nose is slightly further down well also looking at the picture that you sent the head seems very large compared to you know proportionally the neck and everything else yeah it's a little it's a little yeah a little big but it, i remember <laughs> looking at it and being like where's her nose like she's just eyes which i mean anime characters are anyways but like this was especially like oh my god just eyes it's kind of a little freaky makes me hang on because that picture made me think of something uh is it where is it uh, makes me think of this hang on uh save image save post uh downloads that one and send. It just makes me think of that yeah yeah accurate I, I never would have noticed that just from watching it but now that i see that photo i'm like hmm, small neck big head But yeah, soundtrack was excellent. I enjoyed the soundtracks to both films wholeheartedly. I had no issues with that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, soundtrack was fine. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I It was, again, that thing of, like, the first film, I was way more conscious of it for me, the, to me, the one who loved you, because um, of the fact that I had become conscious of the sound due to the dubbing. So that like made me more aware of it and i think i just think maybe the mix was just slightly out and the voice was just slightly too intense and it just threw me off and i think that these are very small things but it really did draw me out of the film i mean i I can't say anything pretty much through the second film i was just crying most of the time but i, I have no words i cried so much yeah i just cried during the to me the one who loved you and then i didn't cry during the second film the to every you i've loved before yeah to every you i've loved before like i choked up but then like seeing like how everything played out and uh to me the one who loved you i just uh it hurt it hurt so much but like here's this main character that i've like grown very fond of and like now i'm watching his whole world be torn apart bit by bit and i'm just like oh no you 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 poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've watched this kid have his world torn apart and then slowly rebuild to it. Find a new one. And I don't know. Like, to me, like, I feel like I got a much more complete story. But again, that's just, like, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether or not the story that I got was more, like, effective in telling a story, I got a story that was like easier to watch i think 
and that was very appealing to me like i don't i don't like <laughs> watching stories that make me sad i don't like it so watching this i was like i watched the first movie and i was like fuck what's brad getting me into I was like, do I really want to? I don't want to watch the second one. Like, this one was so miserable. And I watched the second one, it's not as bad. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, that was. <laughs> I was watching through the second one. And I was like, oh, Blue's probably going to be pissed, but I'm over there crying. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. It's just like, yeah. it kept hitting me with gut punch after gut punch. And I was like, uh, why? Yeah. Just, I, I'm so mad at the parents. Like, this is how every anime seems to end for me. I'm mad at the parents. You see, it's one of those things to where I, and I was literally thinking it right before they said it, but when the kids were like, we're going to run away and all of this. And as soon as I saw uh, Shiori get fissured and like, he has to tell the parents. And I was like, I swear to God, if they don't say one fucking thing about how like they could have gotten married and all of that, I was like, I swear to God. And then immediately, he's like, y'all still could have gotten married too. And I'm sorry I didn't see it before. I was like, oh, you redeemed yourself. Because I was, a, oh, I was about to be fucking hot. Yeah. You know, I actually had, <laughs> this situation happened to a childhood friend of mine. Oh? Yeah. This is in early high school. Like when we were like 14, around the same age as them, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um this girl i knew had a huge crush on this guy at school like bad crush everyone knew and then she comes to school one day and she's sobbing and i'm like what's going on she's like our parents are getting married he's gonna be my brother and i was like oh fuck <laughs> like i didn't know what to say at all um and so uh yeah they i think they had dated for a short period of time like actually dated as like 14 year olds you know but yeah. like the, I remember it being the biggest drama. Um, but yeah, apparently, like a few years later, they were fine as siblings. But I remember at the time, like, like walking, like her walking through the hallways, just like dying. And I'm like, your parents suck. Like, sorry, but they suck. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, my brain first went, what in the domestic girlfriend is going on now? Yeah. But then I was like, and then, like, the realistic part of my brain kicked in, and I was like, I mean, hey, same household, do what you want. <laughs> I guess it's just the thing that pisses me off the most is adults thinking that kids' feelings are, oh, they'll grow out of it. Like, it doesn't matter because they're just kids. But, like, like did you forget that when you were 14, whether or not you, were, you wore a purple t-shirt or a black t-shirt that day was literally life or death? Like... I know that they're small feelings for us now, but at the time, it was the most feelings we could possibly have. Yeah. And, and so, like, like that's so shitty for you to be like, oh, they'll grow out of it. Like, I'm sorry. Are you going to, is that what you want your 80-year-old grandma to say to you? Oh, don't worry about your divorce. You'll grow out of it. Like, what? And it's one of those things, too, to where it felt like a failure on the parents, or parents, on the parents' part. <laughs> for not like having that relationship established with their kids to be like hey we can talk about this yeah not to the point to where they have to immediately jump to the extreme and again they're kids so therefore to them like they have to jump to the extreme 
yeah. to get from it. And especially with the relationship that they had, they didn't feel like they could talk to their parents about it. Yeah, and the the like the fact that your parents are so oblivious to you as to like the one person who you are with constantly in front of your parents. Like, I'm sorry, he had a whole hand holding moment in front of his dad who was watching them. Mm-hmm. Like and like right before they made the announcement, like he sits down, puts his hand on top of hers, and then pulls it back and they're both blushing. His dad watched that interaction. Like his face is on them, it cuts to them, and then it cuts back and his face is still on them. He watched that interaction and thought, let's announce my engagement to a mother. Like, I'm sorry, but no, you can't be so choosingly ignorant like that's a that's a conscious choice to ignore those feelings that your child has yeah or you have like some level of neurodivergence where you genuinely can't read people like there's something there but either way it's still your responsibility as a parent to prioritize your kid Mm-hmm. or at least take their you know feelings into consideration yeah ask <laughs> <sighs> Is it okay? Like, one-on-one with your own individual kid without the other kid and parent there. Hey, I'm moving on to this next section of my life. Is this okay with you? If not, we can figure it out. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. And I don't know if this is just like a Japanese culture thing, because I I just don't know. Mm. But it seems to be a very recurring theme in anime of keeping the information of you dating another individual from your kids until, hey, we're getting married. Yeah, that's a common theme. That is that is a leap of logic of I'm happily single to I'm getting married. Like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, um, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's I I don't know. Is what it is. I don't know. Either way, the villains of the story are the parents. 100% the parents. And, yeah, I just think they're dickwads. Yeah. And everyone's, like, bittersweetly happy at the end. Like, it's not happy, but it's also not sad. It's, like, it reminds me too much of life, which is, like, why would you watch something that you, when you're trying to escape from life, like, this feels like life. I don't want to watch more life. It It's one of those things to where I feel like if we did not get the letters from <clears throat> uh what's her face the wife in my film oh um Kazane yeah from Kazane in uh the original universe or from like mm. your universe mm. if we didn't get those letters i feel like i truly would have had the happy ending because i would have had no doubts whatsoever in like me having watched that film, like I could have watched it and never needed the second one. Yeah. But the fact that those letters were introduced at the end and she explained everything to the Kazane in To Every You I've Loved Before. Yeah. I was like, bruh, why? And I feel like that's what like set up the longing to have to watch to me the one who loved you. Cause I was like, I gotta see what the fuck's actually going on. Yeah. But also, I love that setup to where I feel like in to me, the one who loves you, like seeing the flashes of the parallel world, it felt very forced. Mm. Whereas to every you I loved before, like having it explain everything through the letters and then you see the bits of their life from the other universe. I was like, 
Oh, okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. I just want another film that's just There was Shiori. a third book. <laughs> oh, well, it's probably not Shiori, but there no, was a third book written. But I, I want Koyumi and Shiori to have their, like, official ending. Because they got, like, the illusion of an ending, the idea of an, of an ending, but I didn't get, like, happy conclusion, you know? So I want another parallel world where they meet, they live a nice, kind, happy life, and then they have, like, babies and live happily ever after. Like, that would do me fine. I'd be like, great, cool. Well, so the third book is called Because I'm Calling Your Name. Mm. So I'm very curious, like, what that's going to be based well, on. This is the thing as well, is that when they were making their promises as kids, Shiori and Koyumi, um, Shiori said that she would save him just as much as he would save her. But in this, she never really, like, the only opportunity that she got to save him was, like, when they were 80 and, like, he, she helped with his medicine, you know? But, like, that's not what they were, like, that's not en enough to me. That's not, like, she still feels very damsel in distress. I want a version where he's, like, falling apart and she's like, actually... I'm going to save you now, thanks. Well, it's also, like, they kind of wrote themselves out of that with the whole, she's not going to have memories of the, any of this. Yeah. So that was my whole thing of, like, okay, they wrote their way out of that. Because typically, yeah. I would be with you. Mm. Because she made a real big point about that. But also, the first time in, to me, The One Who Loved You, whenever she brought up the whole, um, <clears throat> like, what she would say to somebody, like, I'm just nobody. Mm. Like that choked me up having seen everything from yeah. to every you I've loved before at the end. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's her life motto. Oh, oh God, no, now I'm crying. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, if you haven't watched these films, give them a watch. They're not perfect, but the concept is really interesting. Yeah, I've it has been a long time since I've been fascinated by an anime franchise or book franchise or anything along those lines yeah the two novels for this are being released in english in june mm. of this year so i will of course be picking up both of those and reading them because i mm. want to see what was left out if anything yeah but then also as soon as that third book is translated i'm fucking buying it no questions asked yeah because i i gotta know yeah i gotta know like if we get the ending of the two of them or if we because there's nowhere plausibly for the story to go for either of ours because homie is dead in both worlds now yeah like that's kind of the biggest spoiler of how both of these end is our main dude dies in both one, yeah. he just dies happily of old age, and the other one, he sacrifices himself to free Shiori. Yeah. So it's either we get the ending of their two consciousnesses meeting and being like, hey, let's let's actually get married now. I'm just like, the fuck? Yeah. <sighs> it's it's a lot. The these yeah, these films are a lot and i'm i'm very fascinated by the idea of releasing two films simultaneously and having separate endings depending on which one you watch first and i think that this concept will be stolen and we will be finding more um 
just media like this in general, especially considering the amount of like popular, um, uh, not popularity, but like uh, press this got. I think that we're going to start seeing this across different forms of media. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like you start getting episodes of like, I don't know, sitcoms or like supernatural or like whatever i don't know that are gonna be like this because it it's such an interesting concept and it garnered garnered gained garnered 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 that's the word um a lot of eyeballs on it and it's uh, especially a time that's where eyeballs aren't really on streaming platforms right now people are canceling them left right and center um i feel like this as a style will be picked up and so i'm going to be interested to see for the media that is um created like this i know that this isn't like an original idea by the author because i think there are books that have been like this before um because there are books that you can like read forwards to backwards and then backwards to forwards backwards to front and they give you a different story depending on which way you read them and things or like skip ahead chapters and stuff you know yeah um so it's not a completely original idea, but it's the first time that I've seen it on such a large scale. And uh, I thought it was decently well executed. I do have some complaints about the technical side of the anime, some of the animation style I'm not a huge fan of. And like I said about the audio mixing, not a huge fan of how that was done in To Me, The One Who Loved You. I do think the films are decently on par with each other. I don't think I could necessarily rank one above the other because I kind of see them as one entity. Oh yeah, same. Yeah. Um I I'm putting it at like a 7, I think. So we differ. Do we? Where are you at? I'm at a 9. I'm not surprised. Again, like I'm very happy with the ending and everything I got. Now, I knowing that two separate studios did it, I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But again, like, I truly feel like had I watched it the way that you watched it and listening to your explanation of it, mm. I probably would have been in a seven too. Really? Okay, interesting. Because again, like, it's one of those things to where, like, that type of story isn't really my thing, but I can still appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I would still find it fascinating, but I would not be at the point that I'm at with it. Mm. Whereas for me, like anything that is tailored for me, as far as character development and everything like that goes, like this checked a lot of boxes. Mm. Now, if it had had Makoto Shinkai level animation, probably would have gave it a 10. Not going to lie. (laughs) But this felt like very, what's the the anime I'm thinking of? Yoka, maybe? Like something along that time frame of anime is what's kind of sticking out to me animation wise. Mm. Like it felt dated in a way. I agree. But I'm fine with that. Like this isn't major modern animation studios that are doing this for the most part. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. Like they are like they're obviously prominent to this day, but it's not. And also one of them could not like drastically outdo the other yeah so they had to like meet together in the middle for styles which is why i feel like the simplicity was there but also i don't feel like this needed exuberant animation Mm. either Mm. again i just uh, i'm spoiled by makoto shinkai yeah and if you give me a slice of life story that gives me makoto shinkai animation it's just 
it, it's over. It gets a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the very first laid back camp. It, literally. Yeah. But yeah, now, overall, I think a nine kind of fits it because for me, it checked a lot of the boxes. Nothing really pulled me out mm. other than that bit of the facial animation. And I'm fully willing to dock it a full point over that. Yeah. And plus, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, so I can't give it a 10. But it yeah. still hit so, so many points of to where I was like, this was a great experience. Mm. And I could recommend this to so many people. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I could just literally tell people, flip a coin to see how it is or like see what type of story they prefer to hear and then recommend them to watch it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to sneeze again. No. Yeah. No. Oh. No. Yes. No. Maybe. No. We're good. How now, brown cow? <laughs> Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I don't really have anything else to say on these films. I did find it interesting that only, to me, the one who loved you got a after credits scene. Mm-hmm. That, like, makes me think, like, is there an order in which I'm supposed to watch them and like the after credits is like the final or is it that you get an after credits because it's alluding to more and so that one's supposed to be first you know and now I'm just like going back and forth in my brain as to is it because it's like the last one or is it because it's the first one um and it's because it's neither it's supposed to be watched both ways yeah and so it's to me that end credit scene is what sealed the deal to where I felt like I got my happy ending yeah because if I didn't get that at the end of that I would have felt empty in a way yeah because dude literally just like gave up his life for that and you kind of don't get closure in a way yeah now again if that's the first film that you watch then i get it the whole second film is closure yeah yeah, you get your closure in the second film yeah whereas if that's the second film and it just ends where it ends it's like okay it's an ending but it's not like you don't get closure and then yeah. you get the end credit scene and it's like, okay, that tied a very pretty bow on it. I'm done. I'm happy. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, should we fuck off? Yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. You can find us on our socials for blue. It's blues lavenders. Myself, it's Brad Garen VO, or you can find us anywhere and everywhere together at BNB anime on, you know, Socials, YouTube, website, bnbanime.com, all of that shit. Mm. And next week, we get to take a dive back into adult rom-com. So you're welcome. And it's probably one of the biggest adult rom-coms of all time in Wotakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku. So be sure to look forward to that. (laughs) God, We both know. We both know way too well. Oh, I put the wrong green on the spreadsheet. Now it looks limey. It, it does look a little limey. Oh, yeah, there we go. So. Oh, no. Now I made them all lime. <laughs> You're going the wrong way with it. <laughs> there we go. I fixed it. Ah, perfect. Perfect. Everything's fine now. But yeah, so thank you all so much for listening. Blood, I greatly appreciate it. We'll catch y'all next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye.